Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat upon the sea. Hello Everybody and welcome to Campfires and Color Wars, anyway, podcast about summer camps like and the stories we love to tell about them. Like the time our friend got dehydrated on a hiking trip because it was too hot, only later to find out it was likely more because her water bottle was full of vodka. Still don't know if that's a true story, but it's a legend. And, uh, yeah, one day we'll find out, perhaps. I'm Micah Hart, and for the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to press pause on the world around us and transport back to the days of our adolescence, when the school year was just one long rest hour between days at camp. Of course, if you have a camp memory you'd love to have featured at the top of the show, or a suggestion for an upcoming episode, you can always email us at summercamppod at gmail.com. And of course, if you are enjoying the show, why not go on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you like to rate things and give us a review, give us a rating, so we continue to reach as many former campers as we can. I apologize if my voice sounds a little bassy this morning. Uh, I my Both of my kids have had colds this last week, and I'm fairly certain that uh, one is just, just beginning for me, so... Uh, Think well of me for the next week or so, because there's going to be a lot of tissues uh, strewn about my bedside. Isn't that a wonderful image I've just put in your head? Uh, We are back in Spain as I am recording this. Had a wonderful summer, uh, especially visiting some of the various camps um, and uh, doing programming, doing podcasting, doing Who Knows One, and happy very much to be back home in Valencia as well. And uh, really, really happy to be sharing today's podcast episode with you. Uh, we get into this in the podcast itself, but I just want to say I'm always interested in, in finding other people doing uh, you know, similar creative uh, tasks. And there aren't that many summer camp podcasts out there, uh, which is to say you know, just pure storytelling adventure type things. Um, and when I came across uh, Jeremy's podcast, that's today's guest, Jeremy Ends, uh, I was just immediately smitten with the idea and couldn't wait to listen to it uh, and knocked, knocked the whole thing out in probably a couple of uh, long runs. Um, and I can't recommend it strongly enough. Uh, his summer camp podcast is called Summer Camp colon The Case of the Phantom Pooper. And if that doesn't get your summer camp spidey senses tingling, I don't know what will. Really enjoyed the conversation with Jeremy. Loved the work that he did putting this together. Had many, many, many questions for him about how it, how it did come together. And uh, it just it was a great conversation and a wonderful uh, piece that he's put together. So without further ado, my conversation with the auteur behind Summer Camp, colon, The Case of the Phantom Pooper, Jeremy Ends. Let's get to it. it. It's, it's interesting. Someone asked me how I came across your podcast, Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper. I have the and, same question for you. <laughs> well, here's so here's the answer. I don't spend much time on Reddit. Ooh. And still, I randomly get push notifications from Reddit. 
I have not signed up for any push notifications from Reddit. I wish I could turn them off. I I should be technologically aware enough of how to do that. Maybe I'm just lazy. But and then why it sends me what it sends me, I don't know. Right. You know clue why. I have been on the summer camp Reddit before. Yes. And I there was some Reddit post that I got a, a, a push notification for about a summer camp podcast. And I and I clicked on it and saw people. And of course, obviously, as a summer camp podcaster, that's gonna pique my interest. No doubt. And so I saw people talking about it and then I went and saw it and like this podcast is for a lot of different things, but for me specific, like anyone that is doing something creative in the pod and in, in the summer camping space, I want to talk to them. So before I even listened to it, I was like, I got to talk to this guy. And then certainly after listening to it, I really wanted to talk <laughs> to you. Um, so Jeremy, I'm so thrilled that you're here. We're going to, we're, I've got just a thousand questions to ask you about, about your podcast before we do that. Yes. Let's establish your your camp bona fides. Where did you grow up? How long did you go to camp for? Give me give me all of that. I'm going to take one step back because I need to respond to two things that you said. Please um, go for it. First of all, for me, having created this, I've also been intrigued at other summer camp creators. And I, uh, your, your episode uh, a couple of weeks ago with Eric was really fun. I listened to that because I had kind of bumped into him again in just these like social media circles. And I'm... If your if your listeners listen to that one, I think they'll really enjoy this conversation as well. There's a little bit of overlap with this type of creative project, so that's the first thing. The second thing, uh, and this is exclusive to your podcast, you're the first to know, is that whole Reddit thread was me telling my friends, "Can you please post something on here?" And all of the people in the comments are all my friends, and we're just trying to manufacture a little bit of info and hype. So I am so happy. And it worked. And it worked. So I'm just like <laughs> losing my mind here that I connecting with one of the best podcasters in summer camp podcasting. And it was because of my hilarious um, uh, attempt to get something going on that subreddit, which is kind of a dead subreddit. But I'm like, everyone in this subreddit, there's like 2,500 people here. They should listen to this show. So I am so glad that you are connecting me with more summer camp people because that's what I really hope for this show. That's awesome. And uh and Eric, the one you're mentioning is uh Glickman, yeah. Yeah, uh who who wrote a uh, graphic novel about his experiences at summer camp in the 70s. Exactly. Like anytime someone's doing something like that, without question, I want to talk to him. So that's awesome that that's how we connected. Good yeah. for you. It just yeah. goes to show you the algorithm, you know, yeah, sometimes so can good. be a, so a cruel mistress, but sometimes can be useful. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And that's another thing that's been fun. It's just been really serendipitous for all these types of conversations. And and that's one great theme that I'm sure is explored all the time in this show is what a great unifier camp can be. But to get back to your question, I grew up going to a camp called Camp Crossroads in Bala, Ontario. And it's been fun to take a peek into um, you know the world of, of Jewish camping, whether it was with Eric or with you. Uh, that was kind of in the Christian camping world. Um, and it's also fun. I, I, I did a little background and, and watched a couple of videos of your who knows one and i promise there's a similar game that could be played called the mennonite game and i'm of uh, the mennonite background and it's sort of the same thing there's like this hilarious interconnected small community the hard thing with uh, us mennonites is so many people have the same last name so um if, if there's like probably a, a literally a million people with the exact same first and last name but it would be almost something similar to be able to do 
And well, I think we're going to have to try that. Uh, we're, we're definitely yeah. going to have to try that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be really fun to have you host the Mennonite game. Sure. I think that would be a really interesting challenge. Um, I have done it for other communities. And I, and I agree with you completely. Yes. There, oh, cool. Any, any community where there's like a shape to it, yeah. it absolutely works. Yeah. And what has been fascinating. So I... Uh, I did a I did a version of the show with the Irish community uh, a cool. few months back because um, I met a couple of Irish. Pe- I live in Valencia, Spain, and I met a couple of Irish people, expats. And, you know, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Tell them about what you're up to. And they were like, oh, my God. Same thing. Like, oh, my God. Like, that would totally work. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. It'll be fun. And what I learned from that experience is that it does work for sure. Yeah. But there are cultural differences that have to be taken into consideration. And what I mean by that is in the Jewish game that I do, who knows one, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do think it's a thing from my experience, which is we will ask people for things. Like we (laughs) have no problem. If we need something, we will lean on our community to help us solve Mm -hmm. a problem. And that just is not this. This is a broad stereotype, sure, but sure, this sure. is coming from my Irish friends, you know, telling me this. So I feel like it's okay for me to say it. We couldn't get to the person we were looking for, not because they didn't have the connections, but because they weren't willing to reach out to people because they were wow. afraid they were going to bother them. Wow. Right, we did right, this right. at night because that's when my show is. And I'm thinking like, you know, after the day is over, people are at home, they're relaxed, they're not in a meeting, like they're more likely to be available to play a game and have some fun. But apparently, you know, you hit nine o'clock it's in different. the evening and no one is going to reach out to somebody because they're afraid they're going to bother them. Or someone's like, oh, I bet my boss would know this person, but right. I, I'm not going to, I can't reach out to my boss. And that yeah. was just a very different cultural yeah. uh behavior that i wasn't prepared for because i'd never seen that be a problem right um so i'm now i am especially fascinated to try it in different communities whether those are cultural or ethnic or what have you but now i know it's like okay i need to think through some of these things to see how it translates in different communities but i think that's also a really fun fun thing to discover that in the moment right like yeah. that's almost part of the appeal is like oh, okay absolutely. we're gonna play the mennonite game but like what does that even mean because this is a completely foreign world to you yeah okay then one more thing and then we can really get to the meat of it but so um i don't have that many jewish friends but i have one really close friend and i texted him like hey josh do you know who knows one and he's like dude i've been on it multiple times no kidding and so, and so he's a canadian um and so i don't know if you would if you would remember him uh, his name's Josh Nizon, and he's been on a number of times, he said. And uh, obviously, you know, it's it's uh, a lot of people come on your show. But uh, he's like, oh, yeah, dude, anytime someone needs a Canadian connection, like I'm getting the call. And I was like, this is like, I'm just like, I'm watching your trailer, sending one text, and I'm like, right into it. So I thought that was so cool. And that's awesome. It's a testament it's a to this world. little, yeah, it's this cool little piece of magic that you found. And um, you know, connecting back to what we're going to talk about today, that's what I think. And I hope that my podcast was, was this little piece of magic that you can just let people in on and experience it. And, uh, so anyways, I, I love everything that you're doing. Well, I appreciate it. And and right back at you. Um, all right. So I just want to establish a little bit of this More. and then, yes, we, and then I want to dive into the podcast. I mean, into your podcast. And, and I say this because you mentioned that you come from the Christian camping world. Yep. And I would tell you that a big 
portion of why I do this podcast is a desire to understand what is universal about the camp mm. experience and what is yeah. unique and specific to various cultures, religions, etc. Um, this podcast is honestly, it is meant to be agnostic. Sure, sure. But I sort of joke, like, I don't know if you're not Jewish if you went to summer camp or not, but I make an assumption if you were Jewish that you did. That and the did. irony <laughs> is I've learned that so, so many Jewish people don't go to summer camp. Right, like right. I would have, if you'd asked me when I started, who knows one, like what percentage of Jews go to summer camp, I would have probably said something like, I don't know, 40%, 50%. It's like 5%. So, <laughs> you know, I'm way off in my estimation of the, of the, of the amount that uh, summer camp plays in the overall Jewish world, but certainly in the world that I grew up in, it's, it's very prominent. Um, I would have guessed higher as well, because I hear about tons of Jewish summer camps, right? Sure. So I'm like, oh, they're like, I'm like, oh, Jewish summer camping is even bigger than Christian summer camping. Yeah. So I would have been like, oh, yeah, every every Jewish kid's gone at least for a week <laughs> or two or a whole right. summer, which is also very common, I think. Uh, yes, depending on, I mean, different parts of the country, I think, have sort of different uh, traditions. Northeast, yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of kids go for the whole summer. Yeah. My my experience growing up was a month at a time. But yeah. so uh, so that's part of what I'm curious about, like. The camp you went to, Crossroads, how long did you go for each summer? How many years did you go? Yeah, so it, um, I would typically go for about a week, sometimes two, but it was typically one week. And the way that this camp worked is it was a smaller camp. And so every single week was a different age group as the summer progressed. And so basically it was like, this is your age group. There's this many spots. And then all of the local churches who sent kids to this camp, they would get in line and they would like hope that you get your kid a spot because there's this only one week uh, for them to be able to go. So um, I basically went for one week per summer for the majority of my childhood. Probably the first time was grade like two or three, I think. And then up until I was ready to, um, you know, go into the leaders in training or counselor and training program, which I actually did at the other camp where the podcast takes place. So I went from transitioning from being a kid at this one camp to being a staff member at this other one. And I can't, I have talked about this many times. I can't wrap my brain around only going to camp for a week mm, mm. because it is such an emotional experience. Mm. And like I get to camp, it's our camp is like 25. It's a three and a half week, I guess, session, generally yeah. speaking. And I get to camp and on day one, I'm already thinking about, oh, my God, I've only got this much time until it ends. Yeah. So like one week to pack that much emotional impact on me into a week i can't i can't fathom it because i haven't experienced it did you do you feel like you had that same level of emotional connection to to your friends to the experience or could you not get that in in a week's worth of time uh, I've never felt what you're describing. So I'm going to say there's no, uh, until I like went to camp as a staff member, at which point I would go for like the whole summer. But as a camper, it was more like you go to camp, you have a lot of fun, you get to know your cabin. I imagine if I was staying there for two, three, four weeks, then you would, I would have gotten a whole lot more mischief. I would have had a whole lot more summer flings. I would have had, you know, I, and in a week, you don't have a time for a summer fling. You can have a crush right. on a girl, but by the time Wednesdays goes and you get the courage to talk to her, you know, Friday's around the corner and then you leave. Um, yeah. So I would say, yeah, my camp experience was much more like, yep, that was really fun. And I'm excited to go back next year and then on with the rest of your summer, which is very different than obviously what you, what you just described. And the friends that you're 
going to this camp with for a week at a time? Mm -hmm. Are they the same every year? Are you, is it a very different experience from year to year? Or are you cultivating and building these relationships over the course of time? As a kid, I wasn't, when I went as a kid, I wasn't really cultivating that much. Typically I'd go with one or two, you know, buddies from my church or whatever. And it would be who can go that week because it's only one week. If you didn't get in, you didn't get in. If your family was going to a cottage, you weren't going to be there. Um, the one summer I had a cousin visit me from Germany and he joined me. So that was kind of fun. And it was fun introducing him to all the, you know, all of my other friends. So I would say it was a healthy mix of, I always knew one or two friends that were there. And then um, it was usually meeting a number of new people. And um, it was cool transitioning from like grade eight to high school because I went to a, a Christian high school as well. And then basically it was like, oh, I'm meeting people at camp that I'm going to be going to high school with next year. So that was really fun. But I would say the main community for me built once I did the leaders and training program. And then it was that cohort through like my late teens into my early 20s into university that um, I really bonded very tightly with. And a lot of those guys and gals are still my very closest friends to this to this day. So as a kid, you know, yes, good relationships. But um, really, it was that that more formative time when I was a teenager that my my camp relationships really kind of changed my life. And so what? So it, it sounds like you had a, you know, certainly had a good time going to camp growing up, but it was maybe one of any number of things you were doing totally during your summers. What compelled you to then come back and be a staff member? Because not everybody does that. And it, it, my experience is like, you're less likely to do that if you didn't have that sort of transformational experience as a kid. What was it that compelled you to come back and, and be on staff? Uh, it was my cousin. So she went to this other camp that I was going to, and she said, Hey, you should really do this leaders and training program. Uh, this was the one that was a five week program. So this is where that transition was like, no camp is a week. What do you mean? Like I have to go somewhere for five weeks. Like <laughs> when I go for a week, I can still work and make some money. Like now I'm just taking out my whole summer. It's a brand new camp. I don't know anybody like, no, thank you. Why would I ever even consider doing that? It's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. As a 15 year, 16 year old kid, I was thinking this. Also, um, the the leaders in training program at the camp I grew up at started when you were 17 instead of 16. So I was like, well, I was going to do that one. Um, and that's not happening next year. So I'm just going to go to camp next year. My cousin worked on me throughout the year, kept asking me. And at some point, I, I don't really know what shifted. Um, you know, this could be your, you know, a faith moment or just a coincidence moment. But I, I had this switch in my brain that was like, I kept asking, why would I? And then all of a sudden I was like, why wouldn't I? I have this opportunity to meet new people, to try something new. And so for whatever reason, this switch flip, I said, absolutely, I'm going to LIT. If I hate it and make no friends, I can always go at my camp the year after. But it turned out to be the best summer of my life. And that kind of then was my transition point. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The, I mean, there's always sort of this question of like, what's better being a camper or being a staff member? Mm. And, you know, they each have their pluses and minuses, but I would definitely say being a staff member is way better than being a camper. <laughs> I think so. I mean, when you're, I think it also has a lot to do with like a stage of life thing, right? Like, um, you know, you're as a camper, you're just in the world bopping about going from activity to activity. When you start to get that autonomy as a teen and a young adult, it's, it's like a completely different experience. And yeah, you wouldn't have fun being a camper because you want to, you know, there's other stuff that you care about. So that's right. Okay. Enough, enough chit chat. All right. All right. Let's get to the meat. Now you have a podcast that, uh, that has just come out as we are recording this in, uh, yep. in August of 2023. This is a yep. relatively recently produced 
uh, and distributed podcast called Summer Camp colon The Case of the Phantom Pooper. Am I saying Keyword that? Colon. I think I think what's that? Keyword colon. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you said that exactly correctly. Um how how okay i i don't even know where to start why don't you I, why don't you start by just giving the general gist so that people as soon as they stop listening to this episode and honestly if you want to pause it and go listen to it and come back i'm okay with that too how did this come about what is what is the podcast about it's incredible i i will answer that question but you need to answer that one first once you read the reddit post this one first once you read the reddit post and then you went and clicked play on it what was your like what were you thinking i was thinking i mean honestly is this scripted or right. is this real that's right. what i was thinking because you, one thing that you do so incredibly well in this podcast is capture what it's like to be at camp right and i was like look act i think i emailed you this like actors are you know they're, they do what they do for a reason. They're very good at embodying the spirit yeah. of whatever it is that the performance requires. But the specificity of the conversations and the behaviors and the age groups, I was like, this has to be it. I'm gullible enough to believe that if you told me it was real and it actually wasn't, like I'd buy it. So I was like, how did he get all of this content for this podcast mm -hmm. series? That's really my biggest question for you is like, at what point were you <laughs> like, this is, this is a content opportunity in whatever format that it takes. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. That's exactly what I want someone to experience when they're going through <laughs> it. They're like this, like, cause it's that, it's that familiar style to all that we all know, whether it's true crime or a documentary or, but then it's like this mockumentary style content. So you're like, well, what is really going on here? Anyways. Here's here's what happened. Basically, um, the summer that this this all takes place in, I was um, kind of called in to run the leaders and training program. I hadn't been at camp for a number of years. The director quit before camp started. I forget the exact story. That might not be totally true, but basically, they needed someone to fill in. And I had a full time job. I was out of the camp world, and uh, I talked to my boss, and he actually hired me out of summer camp. That's another story for another day. But he was a, a camp lover as well, and so. We kind of talked about it and I'm in sales. And so you can't just, you know, take six months off because you're planting seeds that will grow tomorrow. Anyways, he let me go to camp. And so for me, this, this full summer spent at camp was a little bit of a victory lap. At this point, I was already married. It's, you know, again, you don't get six weeks vacation when you're an adult, unless you're a teacher or whatever. So for me, I was going into this summer so excited to, um, run the leaders and training program because it was the most impactful one for me. And, and I was just kind of had this mindset of, I want to make this the best summer possible for everyone who's going to be there. And I want, you know, had my kind of vision for the program. At this point, I was running a podcast with a friend of mine and we were just two dudes on a microphone talking to people we thought were interesting about uh, adventurous topics. That was sort of the theme of the show. And so because I was into podcasting, I was also listening to podcasts like Serial and S-Town and some of these more narrative storytelling podcasts. And I always have these weird creative ambitions. And I was like, how cool would it be to make like one of these types of podcasts instead of one of, you know, these types of podcasts. And the thing you need with one of those is a story. And I'm not a journalist. So like, where am I going to bump into a meaningful story? Well, all of a sudden on like day two of camp, uh, the first prank that happens in this podcast 
a giant poo laid on the, the wooden stand that holds up the boys camp bell is just sitting there for us to discover. And at that point, I didn't how far really... off the ground is the bell? I'm trying to f- picture. I know everyone wants this image in their minds. I'm trying to picture the physics of getting the poop there in the first place. Yeah. So it's a little less crazy than you think. So I do like just leaving it to people's imagination, but it's basically <laughs> a big, big school house bell that usually would be up in a tower. But what was made is like, you know, two by six um, posts, probably to about like waist to mid chest height in a big square and then the bells like mounted on it. So it's all at like, someone can walk up to it and ring it. Um, But to get yourself onto it, to drop this log, you would have had to like launch yourself up on your, you are like three feet off the ground and then, you know, lay it carefully on a two by six. And um, it wasn't on the bell, thankfully, but it was on the stand that held up the bell. Anyways, now there was a prank and I'm like, I love true crime. This is a silly version of true crime. It takes place in this camp setting. I don't know what might unfold, but I'm just going to start trying to figure out who done it and record conversations with people and covertly record certain conversations that have nothing to do with this to kind of see what else bubbles up. So literally you saw the, the, the shit. Yes. And immediately you thought to your, or relatively soon thereafter thought to yourself, this could be the start of a really fun and interesting podcast. Totally. It's like, this could be a, you know, a fake true crime show because the crime is this silly little thing. And I know that other pranks happen at camp. So who knows what's going to happen. The other thing that's like a little bit important for context of like, well, what really gave you this idea is in university, I worked for the school newspaper as like their videographer and, um, you know, I, I've done a bunch of these things and I like went on road trips with my friends and I was always the documentarian. And so for this summer, it was like, I want to document this for me and I'm not going to have my camera out the whole time. There's a photographer and a videographer running around camp all day long. This little podcasting idea might be something that I could do. And because I was used to like recording voice memos on my iPhone in a bunch of other contexts, it was very natural for me just to pull out my iPhone and start recording it. So pretty much every every recording in the show is an iPhone recording. So it's like feels raw and real because it really, really is. Yeah. I just, you did such a great job with this. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen American Vandal. Uh, oh, it's, it's music to my ears if you're going to compare me. Yes, I have. Yes, and yes I mean, of course you're, it inspired you took, it. Yeah. And I don't mean this like in a copycat way. I'm just saying like the conceit of American Vandal is taking the piss, pun intended, out of the true crime documentary and, and applying it to something very silly and absurd. And you did the same kind of thing. And I just feel like you did it really, really well. Well, well, thank you very much for saying that. And I did (laughs) want to go for that. Like, and I, this actually all happened in the summer of 2017 and we're sitting here in 2023. This is when I released the podcast. Got it. Okay. That was another question that I had. Yeah. So even for me, though, like I wasn't going to release this project into the world until I was content with the quality, both of the storytelling and of the like production, because I did want it to have that like, is this seriously like an amateur dude? Like, 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 like people not quite like people having that question of like, again, is this scripted? Is this real? And um, I was a little bit bummed out when 
uh, American Vandal season two came out because, uh, you know, if, if you like that show, the, the premise is that someone like took a shit in the uh, I have not watched the second thing. season, but the first oh, okay, season so I watched and it's incredible. So season two is all about poo. And this came out as I was um, like releasing this podcast. I was like, oh, man, like now it's going to be like overdone and blah, sure. blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, it, my story is unique. And at the same time, everyone is, uh, you know, everyone poos. And so it still is totally relatable. <laughs> and I'm not actually the only uh, true crime or poo crime podcast out there. There's another really fun one out of Australia that is almost now I just look at it as more validating for the concept. And again, if you listen to the show, it, yes, is about this poo prank, but it's about so much more than that. It's about bringing people into camp. A hundred percent. And and also what I think for me, what, what it was about and what resonated with me is like, camp is the place to take something so silly, so seriously. <laughs> like, of course you would, without blinking, devote an entire summer. And I'm sure you had other things going on, but generally speaking, like, why wouldn't you spend your entire summer trying to solve the mystery of this one prank? Like that's exactly the kinds of stuff we would get into at summer camp. Cause you got a lot of time to kill and a lot of hours to fill and you're sitting around with your friends and you know, you're always, my experience is you're always looking for the thing that's going to keep you entertained and give you something to talk about. So that piece of it resonated with me as well, as well. Well, that's a great example then of how things are different and exactly the same at camps, right? And that was one thing that I, uh, again, for now for like me and my staff team, there were 10 people on my staff team. I knew that this would be like a fun unifier. And yeah, we <laughs> talked about tons and tons of other things that summer. Like I have probably a whole nother, you know, podcast on a completely different topic that I could make with all the content that I have. Um, but but that's the type of thing when I say I wanted to make this the best summer ever for people. It was like, yes, you make something that's not a big deal into a big deal and stuff just starts flowing out of it. Right. And, and, you know, I could have just cleaned up that turd and moved on with my day, which honestly would have been totally fine. Um, and probably the, maybe even the right thing to do. <laughs> and yet I was like, no, we're going to have some fun with this. And, um, and and what came out is is this podcast so yeah so right so one definitely go listen to this podcast uh if you like summer camp and you if you listen to this podcast this podcast is right up your alley another thing that that comes up a lot obviously throughout your podcast series is just the con the conceiving of the execution of the fallout from camp mm -hmm. pranks yes and this is a really interesting territory for, for me because uh, longtime listeners of the show will know that I my dad was a camp director. I went to his camp cool. for, for 22 summers. Nice. He ran a very unique camp, which is okay. to say there were not a lot of shenanigans. I mean, nice. there were shenanigans, right? Because like there's always shenanigans, but nothing on the level of like most summer camps we were the sure. goodiest of goodies got it so i want you to know like i'm filtering listening to your podcast through how would how would this have played out good i love it <laughs> and like so many things is like no you could never do that like you someone would be going home immediately for that for any number of things that happened <laughs> but i don't want to place judgment on it 
mm. that like how how could y'all let this slide but it does definitely make me curious of like what is the context that i need to understand the the parameters for like what is acceptable prank wise and what is what is beyond the pale because i would definitely say we had different barometers yes. of of what you could what you could do and get away with and and also i went to camp in the in the 90s and the 80s so you're also talking about a very different time in the world um but that part of it specifically was very fascinating to me this has been one of my favorite things to talk about with people who go to different camps because i actually don't view our camp as a place where like really a lot of pranks happened like again if if i wouldn't have made this big deal out of this poo like okay it's poo on a bell you clean it up you move on someone's being stupid and like just like almost don't don't give it the time of day like that's the key thing with pranks like the more you make a big deal out of them the more they're like gonna happen so for me as a leader like you'll see a few times when i'm catching people in other pranks like i do try to kind of have this line of like you know be really clear about what's okay and what's not okay and then when things happen like take an approach where you want people to learn from what they did and like not do it again and and also be really clear about where the line is that someone should be sent home for. So like there are a lot of pranks that are not funny that are really, really bad. There's some of them in our that I talk about in the podcast where I'm like, okay, hey, that's horrible. Like there's there's one where a guy talks about going and smashing something. Destruction of property should get you sent home immediately. Right. I don't remember that story. <laughs> if he got caught a hundred percent, if I was a director, you gotta send that guy home. Now, the other thing that was interesting about my program and especially about the kids in the program is they were campers. So sending a camper home is also different than like sending a staff member home, right? Like staff members are obviously called to a higher standard at our camp. And there were some things that would have been done that, you know, definitely should have got people sent home. Um, there's like some light, some light massaging of like when I found things out in, in real life versus when they are on the show. So there's probably some things if I knew the full extent in the moment, there would have been more drastic consequences. Sure. All that said, um, yeah, like I think it's funny because I've talked to a few people and they're like, this is crazy, the stuff that happened at your camp. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm literally highlighting everything crazy that happened in one summer. And if you did the same, it probably would be something like this. And right. for a long time, I was actually like, are these pranks even funny enough or silly enough? Like, will anyone even <laughs> think this is interesting? Yeah. Because like, it's again, it's just like someone pooing. But again, I think that I hopefully did a nice job of like, ebbing and flowing through the way the summer went and that there are some pretty interesting and fun pranks but that's the other thing where it's like you decide was that a good prank was that a bad prank and it kind of brings up this this conversation just like this one that we're having and and you know i, I mean i want to i want to try not to give away too much so that people will go listen and and in experience for themselves but i feel like we can discuss some of the pranks and that's not necessarily going to you know reveal something the I'm one you're saying, like, was this the thing? The thing, Micah, is right now, if people are like, oh, this sounds fun, pause this one, go yeah. binge it, and come back. Okay. We're <laughs> going right. to talk about some of the things that happened. So if you're out there and this has been interesting to you, or if you're like, no, just give us the calls notes. All right. Here we go. <laughs> but you did talk about like, like what, what, what's, what constitutes a good prank and what's not. So actually, let's just start there. What in your mind constitutes a good prank? So I think a good prank is one that uh, it, it's not destructive it's not harmful to people however it creates this sense of confusion and curiosity and it has this sense of intrigue right so um you know smashing stuff to me not a great prank 
pooping on a bell also like again pretty low bar humor definitely funny for a certain audience but like it's not that great a prank you know it's 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 just kind of i mean some might even say is it even a prank right um and so for me something that's a really good camp prank is like something that has you scratching your head how did they do this to me that's a good prank yeah I would agree with that. I, I think, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm thinking about this as we're, as I ask you the question, I'm like, what's my definition? I think creativity is definitely a big factor in it. Um, attention to detail. Like again, yes. this is camp, right? So like the more absurd links that you go, the more care that you take, the more effort it takes to do something yes. makes it even more impressive. Uh, because again, it's like, I cannot believe someone took the time to do all the stuff that was required to pull this off. I, that I appreciate immensely. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, you got to the... get to the point where if a director finds you out, then they're like, they have to level consequences, but you know, inside they're like, that oh, was pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You want the, re- you want the response to be like, okay, first and foremost, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> like even and if they can't say it, it, you want to know that they are experiencing that. Um, yeah. So the golf cart prank to me, I loved it. Now I'm glad now there are some, there's some risk reward in that one. And that could have gone South and there could have been real world consequences for that. That would have far outstripped anything else that was happening in the pranks that are, that are discussed on the podcast. However, as if you can separate, you know, theft uh, or, or potential theft (laughs) That's I mean, theft. that's that's a very funny and well executed, in my opinion, prank. And I give them credit for it. And I'd like to think I live in a world where people can be like, you can't do that. And you could have gotten in a lot of trouble for this. So let's learn from it. But OK, well, well done. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those ones that um, the pranksters who did that prank are kind of smart enough to know, like, if it's going to get too far out of hand we can put enough information back into the system for a good resolution here. And um, that's also kind of why I build up to that prank, because based on the pranks that I captured that summer, I believe that that was the best one that happened that summer. And so that's part of like my story arc is to get to that story in episode, you know, five, six out of seven. Um, yeah. Cause I do think it's the best um, one that, that happened that summer for sure. Yeah. I love a good camp prank and I wouldn't even necessarily consider myself like on the hierarchy of pranksters through some of the characters in your podcast. Like, like Snoopy is, is on another level. <laughs> He's on I, another I'm, level. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm frankly stunned that that kid still is at camp is allowed anywhere near campgrounds. So many people, when I hired him to be on my staff team, they were like, are you, what are you doing? Like, are you serious? <laughs> You're hiring Snoopy to to be like a small group leader, like training the next generation. I mean, it and seems like, like you were been better off hiring the cartoon character Snoopy <laughs> yes. over a living embodiment of a person yeah. named Snoopy. Do you guys do um, camp names at your camp? No. Okay, so that was another question I guess okay. I have for you, which is. Are those actually people's names? It seemed like they were, because again, if this is not scripted and you're calling mm-hmm. each other these things, like people had nicknames, but it wasn't like a f- in woven into the fabric of camp. Like if you had a nickname, you had a nickname. Some people did, some people didn't. But it seemed like everybody had almost like a call sign. Yeah, pretty much when you 
finish the leaders and training program, then you come back for staff and your first year on staff, there's this like ceremony where they pull, pull everybody out in the middle of the night. They take them up to the treehouse or somewhere and have a fire and then, you know, have a little story that's connected to everyone's name. And then it's the naming ceremony. And now you get your camp name. Um, but that was one of the hard things actually in the show was like, how do I introduce the right number of characters? They are bizarre names. How do I make sure that people can follow along with the who's who? And then, yeah, because I had real recordings, a lot of my um, campers, their real names were said in a recording. So I was kind of stuck using their real name. Um, I don't use any last names, so no one's really truly identifiable. But yeah, like any like name that you hear is, you know, pretty much a real name. And then some camp names were changed for story flow or for whatever. But yeah, like those are the vast majority real names and real camp names from from the camp. So, yeah. That's so fun. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you one of my favorite pranks uh, that I was a part of. I'd love to hear it. That is I mean, it's so dumb, but uh, so I was a counselor and there's uh, the going into 11th grade summer when I was around that age, uh, when as a staff member, that's the year the kids go to Israel. So they go on a six week trip to Israel and they come to camp for a few days of kind of like orientation. And most of them know each other, but there's some kids that weren't necessarily campers. So it's just kind of a get to know each other a little bit for a few days before we all head out overseas. And we were being dumb one night. And so there's, they're staying in like what we call the rec hall. It's basically just like a a big open space area, but there's a divider in the middle Mm-hmm. And they had the boys staying in one room, sleep, just sleeping, sleeping bags on the floor and the girls sleeping on the other side. And we were being dumb. And one night we put sheets on and ran through pretending to be ghosts. Love it. Just the dumbest thing. And that would have been it. Except the next day we were talking, we were friendly with this. This was maybe they were two or three years younger than us. Um, and we happened to be talking about it with a couple of the girls and they were like, oh, my God, the boys our age are so dumb. Listen to what they did last night. So they thought that it was the boys their age that had done it. And we were like, so OK, well, now we have to keep doing this. Right. right and so right. every this, night this we would perfect setup. That's right. That's right. So I honestly I think we did a few things and I don't remember the other ones. But the piece de resistance was the the uh, the rec hall has an AV room. Mm-hmm. that is that can that you can lock uh yep. and and it feeds into speakers that go into the entire uh in, in the entire rec hall so we made a tape of like espn jock jams of just like the most annoying like high energy loud <laughs> songs and then we taped it and put like three or four minutes of silence beforehand yes and then we snuck in and put it in the press, AV room and press play for it to play over the, the loudspeakers and then left so that there, we, we would not be in there when it started playing. And then naturally like it starts playing and it's really loud and they can't figure out how to turn it off because the door is locked and it's coming over the speakers. And they still the next day thought it was the boys their age that were responsible for it. And we were That's just so good so so pleased with ourselves (laughs) this is the best like this is again a theme that we explore the other thing that i think makes a good prank is is that you are doing it with your friends you know it is something that 
again, you know, the ghost sheet idea. Yeah. Think about how basic that is. That's probably the first thing that came to your guy's mind and you did it and you were like, that was funny. That was silly. And then you go back and then you're like thinking about it. And then the next day you get a little more info and the next day you build on it. And the next day, you know, like for you guys to be there recording something, knowing how the technology works, going it, oh no, we should put four minutes of silence. Like that type of creative hive mind is, is so fun. Um, you know, it, and it, and it only happens. It doesn't only happen. It, it often happens in camp settings because you have this freedom and this, this togetherness and, you know, this collective uh, living arrangement. That's again, very foreign to your everyday life. Yeah. So obviously another question uh, that's on my mind and the podcast wrapped up uh, fairly recently. Yep. Has, because you put a pretty direct you know, uh, request out into the mm-hmm. world, uh, at the, at the end of it, have you, have you gotten any leads since like, do you, are you, is there a season two coming? Are you hot on the trail? Uh, or, or has, has this story run its course in its, um, in its current format? Uh, I will say that a lot of people have asked me this. A lot of people have asked me, um, you know, about other stories to tell and this, that, and the other. And, um, while there's nothing that I can share at this very moment, I will say that, um, I'm hopeful for, for a, not a season two, but I'm hopeful for like, uh, almost like a continuation of, of the season in a way that's kind of thoughtful and fun. Um, I have no idea when that would be. If I think about it, this first seven episodes took me like six years. So, um, <laughs> but there's been some, there's definitely been some, uh, some fun things that have come out since sharing, since sharing the show. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, and what has been your, what is the response that you've gotten from people? No one has really shared any negative feedback with me. So maybe that's a, I don't know if that's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, if, if you're not getting both sides, then sure. someone's not telling you the truth. However, um, I have received overwhelmingly positive feedback. The, the, the greatest joy for me has been for people who were either there that summer reliving it because every person just has a little piece of the puzzle. Cause I tell so many different stories with so many characters. So like, you know, when you hear the case of the Phantom Pooper, you might think, oh, it's only going to be X story. So only the people involved there are going to be in it. But it's not the case at all. And then even more fun than that is like the camp legends, you know, that when I was a camper and when I was an early staff, like a few of them have been reaching out to me and say, I love the show, like awesome job. And I'm like, whoa, like, because I still look up to these people because we always look up to the people who are older than us. So I was like, oh, my gosh, totally. like you know, Ben and Daisy really like the show. Like, it's so cool. So a bunch of that has been really fun. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very glad that the message that people walk away with as they finish the show and listen through it is exactly what we've been talking about. You know, camp is very different and all the same. And hopefully this show appeals to people who've been to summer camp. It lets them relive their own memories in a unique way. Thank you for sharing some of that. But it also, for people who aren't camp people, I mean, it gives them a pretty specific look into camp that is not true across all camps. However, it gives them that fun inside look. And I think it's for anyone who even likes the true crime genre, needs a break from the heaviness of true crime. You can go and just enjoy some some of this. And, and so, yeah, so that's a long answer to your question. Response has been so awesome. I've been so grateful for it. And that's why I love when people listen to it and just share it with one or two friends. You probably are going to listen to it. And if you like, if you're, 
if you like it, share it with one or two people. That's that's the best thing you can do for the show. Yeah, it's like I said, it is absolutely transporting. I mean, I like to think that this podcast transports people back to their summer camp memories. It's why I do it. But it's all in the ether. It's all just in your yeah. mind. With yours, you're literally getting to transplant yourself into this was the conversation that we were having and listening to a, a group of you know teenage boys talk about how they're going to handle a raccoon and all these different how about, things. How about that conversation? So like as a director, I'm standing there <laughs> listening to these guys talking about the most gruesome way to murder this raccoon. I'm just standing there recording it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I sometimes think back to some of those moments and I was like, wow, like I really did commit to this idea really early. Like I was like, I know this is gold. I just have to let the recording ride. And like, obviously I'm not going to let them sneak out. I was like, all these <laughs> kids are so dumb. They're talking right in front of me that they're going to be sneaking out tonight. Like you think I'm like, like, but you're so in your own world at camp. It's like, right. anyways, yes, th there's so many funny moments. Yeah. There was no sneaking out at Jacob's camp, just to be very clear. Uh, <laughs> that you know of that no i'm pretty sure uh pretty sure there wasn't any um just you the worst thing that could happen to you as a camper or a counselor frankly at jacobs was to have to go to macy's office mm -hmm. and he wasn't he didn't yell he wasn't he just had a presence and just nothing was worth it there was nothing that would have been the juice could not have been worth the squeeze no, for ending no. up in Macy's office and having to, you know, to face that. So people were, were really, really well behaved. I mean, they're, like I said, kids are kids. They got in trouble Silly all stuff the time. Happens and yeah. Right. But the late night shenanigans from campers doing things like that just wasn't a part of, of the world that we, that we inhabited. Um, here's and, here's one other fun fact that here I'll share one that I learned after the fact of releasing this podcast that, that you'll like so do you, there's that part um, when we're getting to know Snoopy and we're getting to like get get a bunch of his backstory and we find out that there was a time when he was a counselor when he would go raid girls camp with his campers this would be another good example of something that I would never condone you <laughs> you are not supposed to be out past curfew and definitely don't take your campers to go pranking that is bad I like unequivocally do not do that <laughs> I, like you should get sent home if you're caught for doing this anyways what i learned after i released the podcast is those same campers that he was pranking with when he was a counselor were campers that are in the lit program so he actually had like i say he used to do this with other campers no he used to do it with the campers these that campers were in the program so yeah. almost more reason for me not to hire him because he has history <laughs> With the worst, right. quote unquote, kids that yes. are like my biggest pranksters. Yes. He is a prankster and he pranked with these kids. So I only found that out after. I was like, oh, that would have been a fun fact to throw in in like a later episode. <laughs> but, you know, it was baked by the time I learned that. So, yeah. Well, but like I said, I mean, there are, you know, there are, there are actions, there are consequences for those actions. And, uh, but it's still all, for me at least, felt within the, the safety of the of the camp environment. Um, and and again, like be, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I hope that it is also clear, like I would never have let anything fly that like would have been dangerous or genuinely harmful, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's those aren't the type of pranks that are really happening in this show. But um, yeah, I did. I'm going to tell the prank stories and I'm going to tell the good ones, too. You know, well, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, summer camp colon. The Case of the Phantom Pooper. Uh, 
This is awesome. All right, let's move into our Campfires and Color Wars questionnaire segment title still pending. Let's do uh, it. Chance to share some of your more of your favorite camp stories. Uh, number one, tell us about your most romantic camp moment. Now, when I read romantic, the first thing I thought was, yeah, ooh, did I ever sneak out with a girl? But I assume this is wide open for like a romantic, nostalgic. Whatever, moment. right. Whatever comes to mind for you, whatever it makes you think of. What came to mind for me was was one night in the summer. Um, I forget exactly when it was. I was on staff and um, word on the street was that there was going to be an amazing meteor shower at 3 a.m. And so literally we woke up the entire camp at 3 a.m., all went out into the big field and watched this meteor shower. And it was just one of those camp moments that like, everybody experiencing that together was just uh, so romantic. It was like, it was just so, so amazing. So amazing. That's incredible. And I love that y'all did that because, mm -hmm. you know, you can very easily start going down a path of like all of the things that could come from waking your kids up at three o'clock in the morning and, and all that stuff. But sometimes, you know, things are too good to pass up. Yeah. So uh, that would be that, that one. That seems like a good one. Nice. All right. Number two, what was your best camp performance? You talked a moment ago about the the jock jams in the lodge. Um, when I was one of my roles at camp, I was uh, kind of one step above a counselor. So there were like six counselors who reported to me and I was, you know, the one overseeing all of those kids and counselors. And I was the one who would mark cabins for cabin cleanup and all of that stuff. So it's not one performance that I thought of, but it's a series of performances and every time at lunch, you would sort of announce the cabin cleanup uh, scores from the day before. And each section head is what we were called would have their own like walk up music. And then the whole section would try to cheer way louder than the other two sections just to like have like section pride. And so I had um, a really heavy metal song that started with this like really fat breakdown. And so every single day I would try to like walk up to the microphone more aggressively, like cheering on, you know, my section even more to like rock out to this really intense breakdown. And so that sort of evolved through the summer with uh, my daily performance for my walk up music. And that's kind of the one that came to mind for me. It was very fun. That's awesome. I love that. Um, number three, what was your most embarrassing camp moment? So at our camp, we had like um, a full band that did like music time in the morning, played some songs for for all the campers. And I was uh, I was a drummer in the band and there was another drummer. So we kind of like switched off drummers and the other drummer was like way better than me. And er, on like the talent show nights, there would have like, obviously you have to have the drum off between the two counselors who are the drummers. And like, he was so much better at soloing than me. And so like, I didn't quite have the thought to like, okay, well, obviously I can't beat him technically. So I should do something silly that just gets a laugh. And so like the first time, the first talent show, I just like was so bad at this solo. Like my drums, like I either broke a drumstick or it like flew out of my hands. And I just remember being like really embarrassed. And then um, the next time I was like, Hey, you, you, you got to take a different approach. You can't beat this guy in this way. So no one really cared. But for me, I was like, oh, that was like not good because I'm not good at a drum soloing. <laughs> sure. Well, and you know, if you're doing something and it's going to be immediately juxtaposed against someone else doing the exact same thing, I can imagine yeah. that being uh, a hit to the, to the self-confidence if it doesn't go well. Yes. 
Um, all right, number four, top or bottom bunk. Um, this might be controversial, but I'm indifferent. And so when I would get to a cabin and there would be like people who wanted to choose where they wanted to sleep, I would just let everybody else choose first. And I would basically take, take what was left. I sleep top bunk. I've slept bottom bunk. I think they're both great in their own way. Look at that. You might be the first person who's ever said that. I've heard people say like, I don't care, but it's, but never like with an actual reason for it. So, yeah, no, I'm like, there's people who really care. Like, let them, let them have the best pick. Cause usually it's going to come down to like the one kid who got there last and they like, oh, I got the bottom bunk. Oh no, I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that's very, that's very kind of you. Um, all right. Number five, what's the hardest you ever laughed at camp? Um, I can't remember a specific moment, but when I thought about this question, there are so many times where you hear me laughing in the podcast and there were so many hilarious moments from that summer. So if you want to know why I was laughing hard at camp, go listen to summer camp case of the phantom <laughs> pooper. Well said. Um, all right, we're going to move into, uh, roses and thorns, AKA coals and diamonds, AKA strawberries and lemons, AKA peaks and valleys, AKA pals and wells. Did you guys have any, any other, uh, format for this sort of thing at your camp? I wish that I could like throw three more into the mix, but no, we called them Rose and Thorn. So that was very, the first one uh, resonated with me. There you go. So this is just a chance to share one good thing and one bad thing going on uh, in your life, whatever that means to you. So as a guest, I'll allow you to go first. What are, what are your roses and uh, what's your Rose and Thorn for today? Um, my Rose that I was thinking about um, this past weekend um my cousin spontaneously came over and we sat out by the fire for like five hours and it had been a long time since i'd had a meaningful catch up with him and i was that was a a rose in my week and and as i was thinking about that there have been lots of those moments this summer really good conversations with friends and that's one thing um that i would say yeah was my would be my rose was that conversation but that reminded me of frankly even conversations like this right I, i released the podcast this year so there's been so many of these amazing catch-up moments, and that's something that I've I've really enjoyed. Um, uh, my thorn would be my grandmother is currently in the hospital. She's been laid up there for like two months uh, with a busted hip, and we are uh, hoping for a recovery. Uh, she was walking this week, and um, and you know it's just a long road when you're 89 and have a have a big fall. So. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping Oma gets better, better quick. So that would be the thorn. Well, I hope she does. Uh, my rose is actually very similar to yours. Um, I, I, I travel around doing who knows one. And one of my favorite parts about it is just almost every town I go to, there's someone I know and getting a chance to spend quality time with them. Uh, and being here at my parents in Jackson, I went to lunch yesterday with a friend from high school who I haven't seen in a long time. And we had like a three hour lunch and so good. I have the time for that, but it's rare that my friends, you know, who are in normal type jobs, uh, can do that, but her job is flexible. And we just sat and visited for so long and it was just, I just appreciate the timelessness of that. And yeah. it's not often that you have that much time with people to do that. If it's not like a Saturday night or very much pre-planned sort of thing. Um, so that was my rose, uh, and my thorn is, um, so I just finished up a a tour and, uh, right before I left for it, my wife got COVID 
which Ugh. is still a thing apparently. Um, and so I was like terrified that I was going to get it and have to cancel any part of my tour, which yeah. I didn't thankfully. Uh, and then I got to Atlanta for my last show and I was walking through the airport and my back, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was like a spasm or something. And it didn't feel great, but it was like, okay. And then I got to where I was staying and picked up my suitcase and I really felt it. And I was like, one, I'm getting old and maybe this is just part of getting old and this sucks. <laughs> but two, I was like, I have a show tomorrow. Like, what if I can't move? Like, I'm just so terrified of things like waylaying gigs. Uh, so I, you know, I was able to do it. Uh, I'm no hero, but, um, you know, it was painful, but like, I was pretty laid up, uh, a couple days ago and I don't really know why I don't know what caused it. I'm per pretty much fine now, but it was just too much anxiety over shows and not being able to do them. Yeah. And then there's lot, yeah. There's lots of different things built up in that, right. You're, yeah. you're like the physical and the emotional. It's like, Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm glad you're uh, feeling better. Yeah, me too. Um, awesome. Well, that is our show. You can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, not, not Stitcher anymore, RIP Stitcher, uh, but Google Play, any other places you can find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, you can find us on social media at Campfires and Color Wars. Uh, sorry, good Lord. It's been so long since I've done these. Uh, we have, because we changed our name from that. Uh, we are uh, Who Knows One Show on Instagram and Who Knows One on Facebook. Uh, if you want to catch Jeremy and all the things that you're up to, Jeremy, where can people find you online? The best thing you can do is listen to the podcast. We've said the name a million times, uh, summer camp. Just if you Google summer camp, I come up pretty quick. So just do that. Uh, well, sorry, if you, in your podcast app search for that, but yeah, summer camp, the case that the phantom pooper I'm on Instagram. My personal one is jeremy.ends and summer camp is at summercamp.pod. And then I'm on Twitter at Jeremy ends as well. So follow me wherever you want. But the main thing, just listen to the podcast and tell a friend uh, if you like it, only if you like it. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, job well done. Check it out. Summer camp, uh, colon, case of the phantom pooper. Uh, it's awesome. Highly recommend it. Um, Jeremy, I so enjoyed talking to you. This was so much fun. And as we, uh, as we wrap things up, I always close with a quote that my dad would always say, at camp that time is precious and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to regret uh, any, any time ill spent. Uh, so I'll wrap it up by saying, don't waste a minute, Jeremy. And you can say back to me, don't waste a single minute, Micah. <laughs> Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat upon the sea. Everybody is a part of everything. Anyway, you can have everything if you let yourself be. Happiness runs, happiness runs, happiness runs, happiness runs, happiness runs, happiness runs.